One of the most meaningful experiences of my life was having the blessing and the honor and the privilege of being a speech and debate teacher and a forensics coach, so a debate coach for high school students. And the reason I say it was a blessing and a privilege is because I got to see a lot of what people are capable of doing when somebody else believes in them enough, right? When they can borrow somebody else's belief. Because most of the kids that I taught in speech and debate and a lot of the kids that I trained as a coach in forensics were terrified. And when I say terrified, I'm not talking about a little nervous. I'm not talking about a little bit of clammy palms and maybe a few butterflies in their stomach. I'm talking about they were about to throw up and some of them did throw up nervous. I'm talking about knocking their boots together nervous. I'm talking about you could see the sweat rings under their their armpits nervous. I'm talking about terrified. And some of them, especially in the class, would come up to me and say, Ms. Amar, I would much rather get the F than do this thing. I can't stand in front of people. And I related a lot to them because as much as I enjoy talking in front of others right now, as much as I enjoy talking with you right now, and as much as I enjoy being on large stages, there was a time in my life where the thought of standing in front of people made me so nervous I can't even begin to explain to you and the reality of it is that even now every time I'm about to go on stage there's this nerve that bubbles up right there's this fear and the fear is a good thing and I've learned that later on and we might talk about that later on on this episode or I might do another episode just on that but the reality of it is that being able to help them through that process help the students through that process and see them go from knocking boots together in fear to kicking butt when they debated and when they presented their speeches was one of the most satisfying things I have ever experienced in my life. And I've gotten to do that with adults as well as I stepped into coaching and especially the speaking portion of the co- of the coaching that I do. So what I want to do today on this episode of Sincerely Speaking is talk not about public speaking, so don't worry, that's not what we're going to be talking about today, but talk about some of the key things that I use to help my students and to that I used to help my students and that I use now to help my clients move from knocking boots in fear to kicking butt in whatever it is that they're trying to do. So we're going to go through three principles, three secrets that are going to help move you from kicking, knocking boots to kicking butt so you can step on, step out and do the thing that you've been scared to do. Are you ready to do it scared? Are you ready to go for it? Then let's dive right in. Hi, I am Marcia Amaro, and I am your self-leadership coach, which means that I'm here to support you in rediscovering your calling, in determining your next level up, and in figuring out how to live that life, relationships, business, and career that you know you've been dreaming of living and you know you deserve to live. So if you know you're ready for that next level, if you know that you get to be more than what you've been up until now, and you just can't wait to elevate your life and reach people with impact, with power, with authority, and with authenticity, head on over to marciamara.com and schedule a free 30-minute clarity call in which we will get deep into whatever it is that you need to get clear on, and we will help you set a path to start the motion towards that life that you've been dreaming about. So don't wait anymore. Open a new tab, go to marciamara.com, click the button, and schedule your 30-minute call. There's no obligation, but I promise you it will be the best 30 minutes you've spent in a long time. I'll see you there. 
All right, so we are going to dive right on in on these three principles that are going to help you move from knocking boots to kicking butt. And I love that expression. I don't know where I got it from, but I think it's awesome because I know, I don't know for you, but for me, the first thing that I feel when I'm really tense and nervous is my knees buckling and then everything from the knees down starts shaking and it's just this weird thing where my boots actually knock if I wore boots. But at any rate, um, and I love the notion of going out there and kicking butt, not because it's a competition, but because you have something to bring to the marketplace, to the people around you, to your family, to your kids, to your teams, to your work that nobody else can bring. I was just having a conversation with someone before I hopped on here to record this episode precisely about that, about how we are born with a special set of capabilities that nobody else really has in the same way that we have it. And if you're still breathing, if you're still here, there is still something that you get to co- to contribute to this world that nobody else can contribute in the same way and at the same level that you can. So my hope is that the Actually, it's going to be four things. I said three. It's going to be four. So the four things that we're going to be talking about today help you elevate right to a new level where you can actually see results that go beyond anything you ever envisioned or imagined. So without further ado, because I want to keep this short, sweet, and to the point, the first principle is clarity of intention. We need clarity of intention. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people talk about being 100% crystal clear on what you want to do, why you want to do it, and how you're going to do it. If you wait, and here's the truth, right? If you wait for what they're telling you to wait for, if you're waiting for crystal clarity, if you're waiting to be 100% clear about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, why you're going to do it, you're never going to do it. You're going to be stuck in analysis paralysis for the rest of your life. I remember when I first started my business, I was so concerned with knowing exactly what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, and why I was going to do it, that it took me forever to even just aim and fire, right? Even take that first attempt at doing anything resembling building a business. And then once I got started, I thought to myself that I needed to do what made sense according to other people's views of business and of coaching and of the industry. And I started in a niche in an industry. Actually, if you go back to the first few episodes of my podcast, you're going to see that my focus was very different from what it is now. And that is because I started from what I was told would be the lowest hanging fruit, which in itself is just uh, the wrong approach to business, in my opinion. But anyway, um, and so I was really devastated and nervous when I realized I needed to pivot and I needed to iterate and shift. But then I realized as time went by that you gain, and and Marie Forleo says this best, she says clarity comes from engagement, not thought. So if you're just thinking about how to get clear, you're going to be thinking yourself to death and you're never going to do anything. But the more you engage in attempting things and doing things and putting yourself out there in putting skin in the game in trying new iterations of whatever it is that your dream is, the more clarity you're going to get. It's like the example I always give of the steps, right? The Mount Neeson steps, which are 11,000 plus steps. There is no way when you start climbing Mount Neeson, the steps on Mount Neeson, which is the tallest staircase in the world. There's no way that you're going to see the 11,000 step, right? There's no way. 
humanly it's not possible. I don't even think the way that they're laid out that even with a binocular or anything, any kind of instrument, you can see them. Maybe sending a drone up there, maybe. But the point I'm trying to make is that when you first start, you believe that there's 11,000 steps and you believe that you want to get to the top of the 11,000 steps and you just take one step. And once you take that one step, maybe you can see 10 steps ahead of you, but when you take that one step, then you can see number 11 and you take another one, then you can see number 12 and so on and so forth. And it doesn't matter how dense the fog, it doesn't matter how tall the stair, it doesn't matter how many obstacles are in the way. That's the way it works. When you take one step, you see the next, right? So clarity comes from taking one step and trusting that the next one is going to reveal itself as you take the first one, right? So there are some things, though, that are important for you to be clear on, and it doesn't need to be 100% clarity. My uh, mentors, Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb, always say that you only need 51% trust or confidence, right? 51%. So just believe a little bit more than you don't. That's exactly the way to say it. Just believe a little bit more than you don't. And that is where this principle comes in. The one thing that should be your focus in trying to gain clarity before you move or while you're getting ready to move is clarity of intention. So by intention, I mean being clear on why you are really doing this. And here's why I say this. I remember at one point I was sitting down to write a fiction book, right? And I was sitting down to write this book. It was called Dawn of Arms. And I, it, I had the whole principle, everything laid out. It was kind of cheesy, but I had everything thought out. But the only reason why I even sat down to try and write the book, the only reason why I even came up with a title is because my dad convinced me that that was something I needed to do. It wasn't something I wanted to do. I do want to write a book, and I'm in the process of writing a book right now, but it's not a fiction book. It's a book around all these things that I know and that I teach you and that bring me joy and that light my passion, right? Writing fiction, not so much. I hardly ever read fiction anymore. So when you have clarity of intention, the first thing that you're going to clarify is, is this really my desire and my goal? Or is it something that I'm doing to please somebody else or to make somebody else happy or because somebody else thinks I should do it? Because if it is anybody else's goal that you are trying to pursue, it's not sustainable and you are going to give up at the first sign of trouble because it's not your goal. I gave up after three pages of Dawn of Arms three pages. That was it. I did not get past that because it wasn't my dream. It wasn't my goal. And I beat myself up about it for a long time until I realized, wait a minute, it wasn't even my goal, right? So the clarity of intention starts with asking yourself, um, is this really something I want to do? And why do I think this is important? right? Not your big why, not just why do you think it is important? Why is it something that you want, right? The other thing to get clear in terms of intention is what is the desired outcome that you're looking for here, right? Because it might be that as you're clarifying your intention, you figure out that, wait, what I really want is to accomplish X, but to accomplish X, I don't really have to do it this way. There's this other way that makes more sense to me that might be even a, a more streamlined way of getting to this result. And then I can really get started on a path that makes sense to me, right? But if I'm not clear on my intention, I might be going about it in the way everybody else tells me I should do it, as opposed to the way that makes more sense and is most aligned to me, right? And 
The other question is, what do I want this to look like in the end? So that's all part of intention, right? So do I really want it? Why do I really want it? What do I want the end result to be? And attached to that is, what do I want this to look like in the end? So as I envision the end goal, as I envision actually achieving this result, what do I want everything to be like and look like? What do I want to feel like, smell like, not me smell like? What do I want to feel like? What do I want my senses to be perceiving right so sight smell taste whatever and um what do i want to experience as a result of this thing right and again it doesn't have to be 100 clarity in this point you're almost dreaming in fact you are dreaming but you get to get clear on your intention and make sure that it is your intention and nobody else's because when you operate from intention that gives you confidence because you know you have a good intention behind it that gives you a feeling or a sense of confidence that gives you the push that you're going to need when things get tough and they will that gives you the desire to figure it out and that gives you the feeling of accomplishment once you get there that won't be there if you don't start with a clear intention so that is the very first principle and when you start feeling your your boots knocking and when you start feeling like this is almost impossible or like things are challenging or like whatever tapping back to your intention to going back and saying, wait a minute, I really want this. And this is why I want it. And this is what I want it to look like at the end. And this is the way it's going to be because I see it. I see the way I want it. Then that intention is going to give you, propel you forward. It's going to give you the ignition power. It's going to give you the push, the little nudge that you might need to get out of that space of doubt or fear and into actually kicking butt and doing the thing because you are, you're clear on your intention and what you ultimately want, right? So that's the first one. The second one is actions come first. And attached to that or a subsection of that is do the scary thing first. So here's where I went wrong for a lot of my time that I didn't reach the level that I could have. Here's what I did wrong. I, instead of doing the scary thing first, I would do the easy thing first right? Because somewhere inside of me, if I did something, if I could check something off the list, I felt accomplished. And I was like, okay, I did something. I didn't waste my day. The problem was that I spent my entire day doing the things that were easy and that I could check off. And that worked more as a procrastination tool than an accomplishment tool. Because deep down, I knew that that scary thing was the thing that was going to propel me forward faster and get me to the next level, right? So for example, one of the things that I avoided for the longest, believe it or not, was going live on Facebook. I was so terrified of going live on Facebook. I could stand in front of an, uh, an audience, right, on a stage in front of a thousand people not a problem i could stand in front of a classroom of 30 40 50 60 100 people not a problem i could even record a video which was the funny thing and post it and not care but the thought of going live on any social platform which at the time it was facebook just terrified me for some reason i guess in my mind i equated it to if nobody shows up that means that nobody cares right but now i know that, well, i mean we're not going to go into that but the point is that i was terrified of it but then once i started doing it once i made that the priority in fact for some time i made that the only 
priority I had. So I took everything else off my own plate. I removed everything else as a priority. And I just had my Facebook lives daily as a priority for 30 days. And I went on for 30 days and then realized this is not a big deal. And I realized all these other lessons that I'd learned, right? So the order is action, then results, then confidence and motivation. And we tend to have this backwards, right? We tend to think that I need to be motivated and have confidence before I can take action, before I can see results. Well, no, that's not the way it works. You take the action first, then you see the results. And those results fuel your feelings of confidence and motivation. Because once you get something hard done, then you're like, ooh, I'm a bad, you know what I mean, right? I'm so bad. I'm so awesome. I can do this. I am so strong. I am the best. And then you start moving with a greater motivation because you know that you just did something that you were terrified of doing. And you're every fiber of your being is going to tingle with excitement because you're like, oh, I did it. I survived. And you're not just going to have the adrenaline of having done something scary, but you're going to have the proof that you need it to show yourself that you could actually do it. And you can go back and remember that the next time you're going to do something scary or even the second time you're going to do that thing, it's still going to be scary, right? But it's going to feel less scary because you have the evidence that you survived it once, right? So it's action, then results, then confidence and motivation. And action always comes first, right? Yes? Awesome. Then the third one is to embrace fear and we always hear people talk about fear is actually false evidence appearing real well if it appears real it still feels real to you so that false evidence appearing real never helped me it just told me that i was lying to myself buying my own lie but i still felt it real and so it still felt bad and it still felt like it stopped me and i didn't understand what on earth i could do how i could start taking those steps in spite of the fear and then i started realizing that the problem with all of this is the appearing real part right is what are we allowing to be real in our mind because our brain doesn't really know the difference between something you imagine and something that is in fact happening ed Milet says it this way fear and faith both require imagination right in worry and fear you're imagining the worst in faith and strength or courage you're imagining the best but either way you are propelling your mind ahead in time and you're imagining something that hasn't happened yet either way so it's a matter of figuring out how to embrace fear and this is going to make a lot more sense in a second in order to start taking action through an imagination that is focused on the positive all right so fear to me there's a different acronym than what we are normally told to think of fear right it's not false evidence of appearing real it's four things that are going to help us take that first step and that are going to propel us through action so that we can emerge at the other side are you ready fear stands for faith encouragement action and resolve i'll say it again faith encouragement action and resolve so here's what it looks like faith and you know i'm a christian i don't hide it i don't 
apologize for it. I'm a Christian, right? So I approach faith from a relationship with Christ perspective. But even if you're not religious in any way, shape, or form, even if you're not spiritual in any way, shape, or form, there is still faith to be tapped into because faith is simply a complete trust in spite of or not dependent on evidence, right? So when you trust or believe something without needing evidence to back it up, that is faith. So I always use this example that I actually got from Tony Robbins, it's not mine, but whenever you sit in a chair, you exercise faith because you believe that that chair is going to hold you up without actually having evidence to that. Even if you've sat in a chair, in the same chair a million times, the million and one could be the time the chair gives out. And yet we don't stop and test the chair, most of us, before we sit. In faith, we sit, believing and trusting that that chair is going to hold us up. Yes. So that's the kind of faith I'm talking about, is this trust, trust that something good is going to emerge at the other side. It's the trust that no matter what happens, we can survive it. It's the belief that something good can come out of even the most challenging situations. It's the knowledge and the understanding that we have resources and skills and talents and abilities and teams and people and all these things that we can use to help us bring everything together so that in the end there's a good lesson learned, there's a good outcome had, and there is a good ripple effect that is the result of this experience, right? So the first thing in embracing fear is tapping into faith, is tapping into the trust that if we're experiencing it, first of all, we're alive to experience it, so thank you. And secondly, we are going to emerge victorious at the other end. We might not see how, we might not know what, we might not have all the pieces in place. We might not even see really the way out but we trust that we will come out, right? So that's the first thing in embracing fear. It's embracing that faith. The second part is the encouragement piece. And by encouragement in this scenario, I mean bring to your awareness, right? Bring to your awareness all the resources, all the environmental pieces, all the tools, all the strategies, all the information, all the things that are your disposal, that once you tap into them, once you draw them in, can serve you to build those steps in order to get to where you need to go, in order to rise above the circumstance, in order to see the result of that faith, right? So this is the point when you take inventory, of everything that is at your disposal and you start realizing, oh, wait a second, I could call this person or I could read this book or I could go to this training or I did this a while back. That means I have this skill that I can use or I can just sit and talk to someone or I can pray or I can meditate or I can sit down and journal and I can figure this this thing out, right? But it's the moment when you encourage yourself by tapping into and bringing to light, bringing to your awareness all the ways, all all the resources, all the tools, all the things that you have that are going to help you get past this moment of fear and get into the kicking butt part, 
right? So once you tap into your faith and you start then seeing all the things that you have, you start realizing you have everything you need so that you can do the A part, which we talked about already, which is taking action. And in the action, when you embrace fear, what I would invite you to do is think of one thing, one thing that you can do right then, right there, within 15 minutes of this process that is going to start moving you out of the space of fear and into the space of faith that are going to, that is going to start moving you out of this knocking boots and into this kicking butt, right? That is going to start propelling you out of the hole that you feel you're in and into a space of possibility, right? So what is one thing? You only need to do one thing. Because once you do one, like I said before, the next one will reveal itself and then the next one and then the next one, right? And so that leads to the resolve. And by resolve, I don't mean fixing things. I mean being resolved to do the thing, being committed, 100% commitment and responsibility that you are going to get to the end of this, that you are going to find the solution, that you are going to figure it out, that you are going to take that first step and then the next and then the next and then the next, that you're going to enroll anybody that you need to enroll into your vision or your experience or whatever it is that you're going through in order to advance and move faster, that you are going to continue forward in spite of and regardless of anything else that might seem to be trying to get in the way, right? So that is embracing fear. It's going from faith to encouragement to action to resolve and not giving up or accepting any other possibility until you actually reach that commitment. And then the bonus one and the final one is elevate your self-leadership because here's the deal. We are suffering in this world from a lack of leadership. And I think that you can agree with me on that, right? We are suffering from a lack of leadership, but the main reason why we suffer from a lack of leadership is because we are so sheltered and so entitled and have such, uh, and I'm talking in general, right? And and we live in such a, an easy life, most of us, right? And I'm not saying there aren't challenges. I'm not saying that some of you listening might not be facing tough things. That's not what I'm saying. But when you look at 2023 in the United States, at least, and in most first world countries, when you look at our life with electricity, with internet, with phones, with running water, with roofs over our heads with all these things and then you compare it to the middle ages or you compare it to cavemen running from dinosaurs and you know taking it to the extreme but when you compare it to the way things were or the way things could be if we lived really in poverty really in a third world country with no roof over our heads not knowing where our next meal is going to come from eating dirt cakes literally because we don't have anything else to eat then we would understand how privileged we are, generally speaking, right? And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that because it's the point precisely I'm trying to make. We are so easily offended by everything because we are not taught to lead ourselves properly. When you think about the great men and women in history, they went through really rough things, really rough. And they survived, and that survival is what gave them the wherewithal, the strength, the courage, the power to go ahead and do those great things. They knew they could do hard things. 
we are not taught to lead ourselves in a way that teaches us that we can do hard things, that shows us the emotional intelligence necessary to manage our emotions when they when they arise. We are not taught to lead ourselves in a way that we have follow through and that we are willing to be uncomfortable and delay gratification for a bit in order to get a greater reward in the end. We are not taught to lead ourselves in such a way that we have a clear vision and that we are in understanding that that vision is ours but we get to enroll other people into that vision and lift them with us that a rising tide raises all boats and we are that tide we're not a boat we're the tide that raises the boats right so it's important for us to learn to lead ourselves in such a way that we can not only rise past right? Whatever it is that might be stopping us right now, get over the fear, get over the knocking boots, get over, get past it and go into kicking butt because we know that's what we are designed and meant to do because we can lead ourselves into intimacy when we need to. We can lead ourselves into vulnerability when we need to. We can lead ourselves into risk taking and risk management. We can lead ourselves into managing ourselves in time and understanding that that's the way it works. We don't manage time, we manage ourselves in time. Understanding that we have all the resources we need if we would just be good stewards of those resources and tap into the resources at the necessary time, right? So it is in elevating our leadership our self-leadership, that we get to see amazing results transpire, that we get to start doing the thing that we're called to do, that we get to start seeing massive results, and that we get to build the confidence and the self-esteem needed to continue to move forward because we know we can do the hard things. Make sense? Now, that is where I come in. I can help you elevate your self-leadership to levels that you never even thought possible. I can help you tap back into that essence of who you really were designed to be, that calling that you came into this world with, that thing that you are meant to do in ways and at levels that nobody else can. I can help you tap back into your true self. And then I can help you get over the fear, the self-doubt, the limiting beliefs, the imposter syndrome, all these things that are holding you back from stepping into that next level, from stepping into becoming the person you know you're meant to be. So in order to get started and in order to move in the direction of going from knocking boots to kicking butts, go ahead and head on over to marciamara.com. This is the second time I make this invitation, but it's really important. Marcy Amaro, M-A-R-C-Y-A-M-A-R-O.com. There's a button, several places in that in that page, but you're going to see it right on the upper right-hand side as soon as you get to the page. Click that button. It'll take you to my calendar where you can schedule a free 30-minute clarity and confidence call where we are going to talk about what you're aiming to do what your desire is what might be getting in the way we're going to get you started on tracing a path towards your goals towards your dream towards that destination that you know you get to move towards and we are going to help you start taking those steps as we help you elevate past the fear past the doubts past the uncertainties right so head on over to marciamara.com i can't wait to see you on the call thank you for being part of the sincerely speaking family share this with anybody in your circle that you know will find this helpful and i will see you next week right here on sincerely speaking have an amazing week